Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. La Raza Chronicles stands in solidarity with the social movements in Bolivia and the decisive electoral victory of the movement towards socialism or the MAS party. One year after the U.S.-backed coup that unlawfully ousted former leader Evo Morales. We also support the people of Chile and the popular vote to approve a new constitution liberating Chileans from an oppressive and socially marginalized charter that was drafted and approved under the military regime of Augusto Pinochet. We also want to lift up the Oakland City Council resolution unanimously supporting medical and scientific collaboration between the city of Oakland and the country of Cuba to address the COVID-19 health crisis. The resolution also urged the U.S. Congress to remove restrictions on collaboration by suspending economic and travel sanctions against Cuba. Oakland now joins a growing number of cities and organizations around the country, including locally Richmond, Berkeley, San Francisco, and Sacramento, who advocate for the concept of friendship and solidarity with the island. Finally, we acknowledge the high stakes of the upcoming general election and encourage you to vote. The outcomes of the contest for candidates, propositions, and local measures will impact our communities globally and locally. Please make sure your ballot is postmarked or placed into a county drop box by November 3rd. If you decide to vote in person, please be safe and follow all public health guidelines. On tonight's show, Julieta interviews Ruth Rusendis in Mexico City about her innovative storytelling app in Spanish, Eep Story. Nina brings us some current poetry, and I interview Marco Lemos, staff member at Urban Tilth, a local nonprofit based in Richmond, about sustainable, healthy, and just local food system, and what they're doing to keep their programs and farms afloat during the health crisis. Plus, new music by the Dharma Brass Band and Son Rompepera. La Raza Chronicles is produced by Nina Serrano, Julieta Kuznir, Greg Landau, and myself, Brenda Yescas. Stay tuned. You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza on KPFA Radio. And as you know, we focus on noticias, arte, cultura. And today we're talking about literature and power of storytelling, particularly hearing stories from those we never get to hear from, from America Latina, Mexico in particular. I'm very lucky to have on the line with me all the way from Mexico, the Mexico City, Ruth Resendiz. She is the founder and director, general director of a really exciting app called Eat Story, and it's an app that is a way for people to hear stories and hear from writers that otherwise they probably wouldn't be exposed to. Ruth, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you, Julieta. I'm really excited to talk with you and all your audience about this, this very challenging project. Yes. So it's really exciting because, as you know, here in the U.S., we have a huge, huge market around podcasts and storytelling, and people are really eager to sit down and have someone tell them a story or to engage through audio. But whenever I go to Mexico, I always turn on the radio and I always explore, and there's a lot of news, a lot of really good news reporting 
but there isn't very much of storytelling on the radio in Mexico. It really is something that I feel like is a big gap. So tell us a little bit about, for people who've never listened to the radio or aren't familiar with the landscape in Mexico, tell us about the gap that Istori is filling, the the different things that it's providing that didn't really exist before. First of all, you're absolutely right. Here, it's it's so funny because, you know, we are a, a civilization that we're surrounded by storytelling, especially oral uh, storytelling. We, you know, the Latin community, we do, we pass these stories from grandmother to mothers to, to daughters and to sons and everything. But when it comes to, 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 to the radio or to the mass media, we lack that type of content. And that's so funny because we love and we are made by these stories, no? So we thought there was this, this huge gap in which there wasn't so, so much content in the radio or in any other platform. So we decided to, to, to build this app, which is full of little short stories, and to go back to that tradition of storytelling. Because, well, as you know, we all humans, we are made uh, by stories. We, we, we are the people who we are because of these stories that constitute us. So it's very important to keep on feeding ourselves, feeding our, our mind, our soul, even our bodies with, with this kind of stories. And the more stories we, we, we are confirmed by, then the, the, the better and the more agile human beings we are. That's the voice of exactly. Ruth Resendiz. She is the founder and also general director of Ipstory, this app that is from Mexico. You know, she's Mexican. We're talking about this really exciting development, and it's something that people can access stories. So tell us about, you know, what kinds of stories and what kinds of different types of performances, really, because you're not just sharing stories. It's almost a little theater piece. So tell us about what kinds of things people can hear on this app. Well, first of all, let me excuse myself because of my accent. I'm not really fluent in English, and anyhow, all this, uh, we have the same uh, literal genres. We have humor, we have romance, we have mystery, we have thrillers, I mean, all those kinds. But all our stories are short stories. We have stories from one, three, five, and seven minutes. So it's a really agile reading, and we have them in text. But we also have this little audible, and they're narrated by, by actors, by theater actors, stage actors. So because of the format, because it is such a brief story, you get to be like invited to a small dramatic reading, and it becomes quite an experience. And so tell us about some of the kinds of stories, and we're also going to play one in a little bit, but first tell me about the types of content or the this range of types of stories people can listen to. Yes, definitely. Uh, but first, let me go a little bit back. Mm-hmm. Because it has to do with that. When um, my my partner, who is also my son, Pablo Barbachano, and I were thinking about uh, this project, we had uh, two main issues that concerned us. First, the reading, uh, the reading percentage of the Mexican and Latin people that were so low. And we thought, it's so funny because 
On the other hand, we're always reading in the, in, in the mobile. We're always as Google Facebook or Twitter or whatever. We're always constantly reading. And yet, we are not reading, if I may quote, literature. And the second issue that really concerned us, it was that there are a lot of new voices. And by new, I don't mean just young, but new voices that have so many things that tell. And they, have, they don't have a platform or an outlet to tell their stories. So that's what we combine in its story to put this new people who, who don't have the habit of reading to read and to, to be in contact with stories and to give the opportunity to people that they don't have the platform to publish their stories. So we, we thought it was the perfect connection between these two pillars. And so we have a, a lot, a lot of content of different themes, of different questions, of different points of view because we have more than 200 authors with us. So you get to you get to know, for example, we have some Cuban authors, and it's really interesting to read about the daily life in Cuba, which can be so different from our own cities. And we have people from from tiny towns, so we get to know what what those towns are are meant and what they what they go through in an everyday life and the perspectives. Because even though we are the same human beings all over the world. You know, there's this little details. It's so different from uh, being from a, a huge city to being from a, a tiny town. It's different when you're from, from uh, an indigenous town. You know, your point of view changes. And so with all these stories, they give you the perspective and the opportunity to see this whole beautiful world that we inhabit. That's the voice of Ruth Resendiz. She is the founder and also she's the director of this app, this new app. How long has Ipstory been around? We've been around uh, for one year already. Wow. So only one yeah. year and you already have over, over 200 storytellers or authors or writers that you feature. That's incredible. So, um, we're talking about this app that gives you an opportunity to listen to stories by Latin American writers, Mexican writers, writers that probably aren't on your radar, and maybe some that are, all in Spanish. We know we have a lot of bilingual folks listening. If you're someone who hopes to build up your Spanish skills, or you are a native Spanish speaker, or you are someone who just languages, for me, I think it's very interesting, the format, Ruth, because it's interesting that these are very short like i our radio show is an hour long you know a lot of things that use longer format so you all decided to use these shorter formats so tell us about the format yes definitely julieta because you know well first of all this was we thought about this before the pandemic so people we don't have time anymore we we run and we have this very hectic life so by introducing this very short format, we give the, 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 the audience the opportunity to read and not read this huge, long content, which sometimes they are impossible. And as I told you before, we thought this also for the people that don't have the habit of reading. So tell us a little bit about some of the range of topics and types of stories that you've been excited about that have come out in the last year. 
Oh, for uh, well, for me, one of the most endearing topics is uh, the ones about uh, gender violence. As, as as you know, we here in Latin America we have this huge problem with violence towards women, and you know, uh, in Mexico we have. 11 feminicidios, which is the word they have already for the, you know, the, the violence toward women, and they, they are killed, 11, 11 women per day. And now with the pandemic, the domestic violence has risen so, so much. And so these women have to flee their houses and go to refugees with their young children because they sleep within the enemy, and they're, they're really, their life is at risk. So we have these beautiful female voices, and what makes me very, very happy is that we have also male voices that condemn the situation, that they, they, they talk about it. And, you know, for a very conservative country, as, as Mexico is, as, as many Latin American countries are, it's so refreshing to see that we're finally talking about it. So that's one example, and actually that connects to the story you sent me. Is that right? So why don't exactly. we? Why don't we? Why don't you tell us about this little example, which is an example of what people can experience if they download the app Ipsori and they connect to some of the stories on there. So tell us about this one we're about to hear. Well, this this one is one of my favorites, and it's the story about the teenager Itzel who lives in the well in, in, in one of the the poor poor and most violent areas of Mexico City. And her mother works of course, so uh, she in one time she has to go to her house and you know just that uh trajectory from the the the, the office of the mother to her house it can be so dangerous, and she's also she's as if she were playing with her own life because there's so so many dangers outside, and how she saves herself. I don't want to get in. I I don't want to spoil the story, but it is beautiful. And Luz Aldana, which is a great stage actress, uh, she gave the voice to that story. And I mean, every time I hear it, I get goosebumps. Hmm. Well, we'll hear that right now. And so um, tell us again the name of the author and the story, and we'll hear it, and we'll come back. The story is Corre Itzel. The author is Christian Negrete, and it has been narrated or performed by Luz Aldan. Ipstory. Somos historias. Corre Itzel, de Christian Negrete. Sales de tu salón casi corriendo, un día menos de clase, la secundaria es complicada. Bajas las escaleras, el short bajo tu falda te protege de las miradas de tus compañeros que aún así no se dan por vencidos, tus ojos persisten. Tu indiferencia es dolorosa para esos niños que buscan a sus madres entre tus muslos. Caminas hacia la parada del autobús, no hay nadie, eso te alegra pero también te preocupa. Abordas el transporte que te deja sin contratiempos frente al trabajo de tu madre. Ella sale a decirte que tardará mucho tiempo. Tiempo es lo que menos tienes a tus 14 años, así que le pides permiso para regresar sola a casa. Duda, pero sabe que no podrá protegerte siempre, 
menos en el Estado de México. Ándale, pues, vete con cuidado. Te dice antes de que te des la media vuelta. Debes tomar dos colectivos. Te subes al primero. Durante el trayecto repasas en tu mente las dos técnicas de golpeo que te he enseñado. Golpe en la nariz y patada en la entrepierna y después correr. No todas las personas tienen la fortuna de que su mamá sea campeona nacional de karate. Observas por la ventanilla el canal negro como sus aguas. Ese depósito de cadáveres que ya era célebre desde la juventud de tu madre. No tienes miedo. Ahí vives. Eso no te pasará a ti. Bajas del microbús y te encuentras ante la disyuntiva de tomar el segundo pecero o caminar media hora hasta tu casa. Es de día. Además, ese dinero significa dos sopes mañana. No tienes que pensarlo más y caminas por esas calles desquebrajadas. Te aproximas a ese cúmulo de máquinas y de hombres, el sitio en el que los camioneros se reúnen todos los días. No sabes por qué, solo sabes que ese lugar es oscuro, aunque sean las cuatro de la tarde. Tu uniforme es el motivo de esas pupilas dilatadas que ya conoces, pero que hoy te duelen más. Piensas en el short bajo tu falda, pero sigue siendo falda, se sigue viendo la piel de tus piernas. Caminas más deprisa, pero tres sujetos se plantan frente a ti. Yo sé karate, piensas mientras te perfilas. Y el golpe lo da tu madre contigo, que te ha dicho mil veces que debes saber defenderte, que no debes depender de nadie. Y el gordo inmundo se lleva las manos a su nariz sangrante mientras montones de lágrimas recorren sus enormes cachetes. Antes de que reaccionen los otros dos, corres por la calle. ¡Corre, Itzel! ¡Corre! ¡Grita tu madre! Y corres porque en la colonia del canal debes de correr. Y corres porque en el Estado de México tienes que correr. Y corres porque en México nadie te salvará sino tú misma. Pero también sonríes. Y sonríes porque eres una mujer que sabe karate. So we just heard a story that is featured as part of this new app, which is an app to access and listen and get exposed to a bunch of exciting literature, new and old. The app is called Eat Story, and I'm speaking to the director and founder, co-founder of the app, Ruth, who has been working tirelessly to increase literacy, but also increase excitement around different writers and just exposure. So, so Ruth, this is a really exciting project, a beautiful story, and I think people got a chance to hear the different elements, the sound elements that were involved. So it's not just narration, it's much more. There are a lot of different components. It's, it's really almost like a mini play in a way because of the delivery. So why don't you tell us about any other types of stories or the range when people are thinking, huh, you know, what else could I hear? Yes, definitely. Well, we have humor and and we have also historic stories, which are always nice. Uh, we have also the diversity category where we have stories about uh, the gay community, the trans community. Uh, and, you know, also, and those stories are also fascinating because, as I told you before, we're really conservative nations. So uh, it's interesting to see some of the hardships that these people have endured within their own families. No, there's there's a beautiful story, uh, very hard, but, but really beautiful and beautifully written. That's called Dancing Queen, of of a uh, transgender and the problems with uh, his father. So. Uh, you get all this kind of emotion. We also have a, a, an erotic category that's called horny, 
and 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 it's it's beautiful. Thank you. We're talking about each story and how it connects re- listeners to different stories and writers that they otherwise would probably never be able to connect with or never hear about. And they get to actually listen to all these little short stories. I think you told, did you say it's three minutes, five minutes, seven minutes? What's the time frame in general of these stories? We have stories for uh, one minute, three minutes, five minutes, and seven minutes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So tell yeah. us how people can download this app and, you know, how it works, because uh, I think that there are a lot of people that maybe they use apps for social media to, you know, be connected to Instagram, but they don't use apps to listen to stories. So tell tell people how it works and how they can access it. Oh, yes. Thank you, Julieta. Well, you can find us in both the Play, a Google Play Store and App Store. And you just uh, write it story, which is I T S and Peter T S and Thomas O R I. It's story. Uh, in both of them, you download it, and you can uh, access it. Uh, you have the free mode, in which you have uh, nine stories free. Or if you want to access to all our catalogs that we have. Right now, more than 1,200 stories up there. Uh, you just pay a very, very small fee, and you can access to all the content. Wonderful. And Ruth, something that I thought was really exciting about your project is that you're also doing what you can to support writers that you know are trying to survive because it is tough to be a writer and that there's funds that go back to writers after paying for the app. Is that right? No, definitely. The, the, the authors are our partners because with every click, with every reading or listening to a story, uh, the author gets a percentage. We are partners in this. It's story.com and you can find out what we are, uh, what we do. And also, if you want to publish, there's the guidelines uh, to publishing and you can send us your, your material and we'll be in contact with you. Ruth, thank you so much for talking to us about this exciting app. It's also an opportunity for people to share their writing and also hear and connect to writers' stories, voices that otherwise they wouldn't. So thank you. Muchísimas gracias por ese logro, gran logro. It's Story es una oportunidad importante para todos que la, la verdad es que es bien difícil conectarse con uh, autores de América Latina, de México, porque... Um, sí, requiere mucho dinero tener que poder llegar a los que publican libros y etcétera. So, gracias por este este proyecto que ayuda a poder dar luz a todo el, el muchos en movimientos creativos pasando en México y en toda América Latina. No, muchísimas gracias a ti, Julieta, y gracias por este maravilloso espacio. Y gracias por la, la oportunidad de, de poderme conectar con, 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 con esta audiencia tan, tan, tan increíble, tan increíble que, que son este, pues, la, la comunidad hispanoparlante en Estados Unidos. Thank you so much, much, Ruth. Well, keep us posted on these stories and keep sending us stories your way. And we can keep highlighting some of these wonderful uh, writers and storytellers. So thank you so much. Thank you, Julieta.
dance in the courtyard. People used to dance in the music hall. People used to dance in the nightclub. But now they just bob their head, waiting for drinking. People used to dance in the garden. People used to dance in the city park. People used to dance in the White House. But now they just raise their hands, waiting for the drinking. I do not know why we can't express this feeling that's in the air. Don't even think it, I be acting straight up like a stress bitch. I bought a gun and I don't care, waiting for the end, but this is the result of our ineptness. Pay attention and then we get scared. Oh, but status got me on it on the guest list. It's a pity that I really don't care. So I keep it nasty, baby. Have some baby. Everybody's asking lately. How's the daily? Side that keeps us asking, waiting, half dating. Absolutely fascinating, past degrading. Now we're bloody past debating, half of waiting. Just to see the mastigating, masturbating. Congress on a path that's raging, after hating. Resist the liar, liar, and they're timeless ire with your tie on fire. This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles with some poems to share. This first poem is very, very recent. It's called Leilani. Yesterday, when the smoky air cleared, I visited my new seventh great-grandchild for the first time, wearing a mask. Gathering safely in the lush garden of ripe peaches, figs, squashes, pumpkins and tomatoes, as marnocks and hummingbirds flit among the flowers. Seated, I held her mellow and beautiful being in my arms and said her name aloud, Leilani. Sweet Leilani, heavenly flower, I sang to her, but could not catch her infant smell through the mask. Peering into her face, searching for resemblances, I saw different elusive family members race by in her random expressions. She fits so snugly against my body, as if she'd always been there. Though only 18 days old, she always had. When her mother spoke, she turned towards her. Soon was nursing contentedly in her tender embrace. She fell asleep peacefully. I left with a bag of sweet, ripe peaches, my heart full, the word resilient on my mind. The word resilient on my mind. This next poem is called Father's Day 2020, With Love from Your Daughter. It is the preface to World Out of Order, selected cartoons by Joe Serrano which I published with Estuary Press. Father's Day 2020, with love from your daughter. Hey, Joe, what do you know? You were proud to be Joe, like Joe Blow, just a regular guy who fits right in. Not a shy immigrant whose family called him Ugo, who only had an eighth-grade education because he had to work to support his widowed mother and little sister, Shoeshine boy, newsboy, bellboy, who drew cartoons and let other kids read them for a penny. Because in those days, pennies could buy milk and bread. Hey, Joe, what do you know? 
you were thinking about metaphysics, cosmology, and the meaning of life, the nature of God, drawing the humors of everyday living into cartoons. You sketched for decades in black ink as a freelancer, 22 weekly rough drafts a batch waiting for the mailman daily to find their rejection or acceptance slips from the magazines. Born over a hundred years ago, you followed your son into the celebratory 1960s, shedding the Cold War conformity you picked up in the 1950s. Then you planted yourself in the Yankee stronghold, where the descendants of the Mayflower prevailed, and you felt lonely. Yet you thought up funny situations all day and drew them, struggling to make ends meet till the last day of your being. Hey, Joe, what do you know? This next poem is called Ancestors Stir the Pot. The ancestors like the kitchen. They are called by the sound of chopping, the clatter of pots and pans, and the promise of slow cooking. Polo prompts, aren't you going to throw in a bay leaf? Joe quips, I don't like how it smells up the house, but if more people come, might toss in some potatoes. Anna quietly suggests, float a sprig of cilantro on top. Silent Rosas hints to add cumin, though when she was alive she didn't speak English. Her daughter Rosita agrees, admitting that she hated to cook. Ida says encouragingly, a little more garlic makes it better. Before I pop the lid on to let it simmer, they all laugh to remember that cut raw onions made them cry. Frida Kahlo, anti-fascist. Frida changed the spelling of her name because it was Germanic and the German Nazis plagued the world, she dropped the E. Her hair in a braid laid against her shoulders. She had many ways to wear it, shaking up her image when ill-meant remarks cut her to the quick. Stick to your own mirror, I'll stick to mine. Time ran out. By the end, her style, her image, thrilled other decades. Her paintings of her inner world gave other women artists the go-ahead to paint their own reality. This is an older poem, Antepasados, Ancestors. We are one because America is one continent tied by the slender curves of Panama. We are one people tied by the buried bones of antepasados, the buried bones of ancestors from Asia to America, from Africa to America, from Europe to America, back to the first mothers and the first fathers, back to the first gardens of flowers and fruits where vegetables grew wild. The soft, thick, Grasses cushioned their bodies when they lay down to love. Warm water gurgled up from the earth and spilled down into clear pools. Feathers waved above their heads and floated across their bodies 
as they strutted in the afternoon. But then there was the snake of greed, grew like a weed, planted the seed that made one person think that to fill their need or to succeed, they had to use someone else's labor for their own profit. Wars came, dead animals, women and cattle became property. Slaves chained, put to work, endless work, that finally built factories and smog, rich parts of town and poor, built on the buried bones of antepasados, the buried bones of ancestors. Shake the bones, hear their ghostly moans. We learn from our past to struggle for our future. This last poem is called Women Six Feet Apart. She enters through the backyard gate, carrying a basket covered with a cloth. Entering the garden, I greet her, wearing my pandemic mask. Sitting under a shade on the patio couch, we settle into a familiar intimacy for a comforting chat. She takes out a piece she is crocheting as we talk. She calls it seedlings. She tells me it's about her and her recently deceased sister. We speak of grief and healing. Her fingers move as a baseline to the melody of our voices. Speaking from our inner themes and deep knowledge of each other's histories, I feel myself being snuggled, stitched into the work by the hand-spun woolen threads, the colors merging with our exchanged words filling in the forced distance, strengthening our bond with love. This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles. I hope you enjoyed my poems. Let's keep on struggling for equality and democracy.
listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Brenda Yescas, and I have via Zoom with me Marco Lemus. He's the communications associate at an awesome, great organization based in Richmond called Urban Tilth, and he's going to talk to us all about the amazing work they do with the community. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles, Marco. Thank you for having me, Brenda. Good to be on here. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. Uh, so tell us about a little bit about what Urban Tilth is and how did it start? How did it get its start? Well, Urban Tilth is a nonprofit in North Richmond. We currently have six gardens and farms. We have our main farm in North Richmond on Brookside Drive. And then we have a school garden, Verde Elementary in North Richmond, one at the end of First Street in North Richmond. Uh, we call that Soul Street Garden. Then we have two gardens on the Greenway, the Greenway Trail. Uh, one at the Unity Plaza and one at the 6th in Ohio. And we also have a watershed crew who does creek con- like water conservation, making sure the creeks are clean, making sure they're healthy, trying to promote the local ecosystems and native plants going on there. And... Uh, yeah, it started basically in response to a crisis that was going on in Richmond in 2005, <clears throat> which was that there was just, it was a food desert. There was no place to get healthy food locally in Richmond. If you wanted to get healthy food, you'd have to drive all the way to like Berkeley and um, I don't know where, but El Cerrito, like really far where people they would need a car it would be a whole mission to get uh, healthy food but then on the other hand you have convenience stores and liquor stores like every block you know and that's really not good for our community because then we just get conditioned to think like this is our food system this is normal everyone's doing it everyone's getting chips and you know um, we just wanted to make sure that not only was there healthy food nearby, but that it was also affordable and that it was grown locally and not from like a corporation trying to like put GMOs and chemicals in there. So yeah, like um, we just like serving uh, the populations that are in need in Richmond um, that are usually uh, forgotten like uh, seniors and disabled people, people in public housing, low-income people, you know, so especially in North Richmond. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of amazing work you guys all doing. How, how many gardens is that? I tried to make a count. It was like, how many is that, like 10 all around Richmond? Uh, I believe it's seven or eight. We used wow. to have a farm uh, in near Adams Middle School in East, East Richmond, uh, we, we, but we had to close it down to make sure we were focusing all our energy into the North Richmond site. And it was just too far. Mm-hmm. So it ended up working out because uh, we had a lot of people on the farm and a lot of help. So now we're just building like crazy on the farm. Right on, right on. And so speaking of like the healthy food, I feel like right now our our communities are being affected a lot by COVID, like all our black and brown folks. But also mm-hmm. young people have been affected too because now they have to, you know, do their school, you know, all their schooling from home. 
Mm-hmm. I know that Urban Tilt has a lot of history of training local youth and adults on growing their own food. Have you seen an uptick in volunteers who like to help your cause? And also, are you all doing some training programs and how is that going? Oh, yeah, we've definitely had a lot more volunteers reaching out to us, saying they want to help us out, that they love the work we're doing, and that they just want to get in the garden. A lot of people are just cooped up in their house, so they're just looking for a reason to get out and get into the garden. But we we definitely make sure to limit how many people are allowed in our gardens. Like, we max it out at 12 people at our gardens, and we make sure now to use Eventbrite to register for these volunteer events and they usually sell out pretty fast and um yeah as for training we've been having a lot more people being employed uh, mostly richmond residents too mostly people of color and it's great that um during this time like we can we're able to do that and normally we would have our our summer apprenticeship program this summer. It, yeah, it's during the summer where we have 20 young people at usually high school age come to our farm and we just train them and teach them how to, how to grow and all the aspects of agriculture and stuff. And at the end of the, the program, they get a stipend. And so that's another benefit. But yeah, um, it just, it just sucks because normally we would have our school gardens up and running, but we're not able to do that because the schools are closed. So <laughs> it'd be nice to do it through a Zoom call too, but that's not really that's not really how you learn agriculture, I guess, in, in growing. So it's just been a really difficult time in, in, in terms of like the educational part. Yeah. So we're still trying to figure out how to do that and making sure the young people learn. And you guys do that every every like quarter. How does that work? Like throughout the school uh, year. Usually during the school year. Okay. Uh, we we have uh, uh, one of our employees who've been here for like ten years. I think they've been working for maybe even fifteen years. But they've been working through the elementary uh, school at Verde. Her name's Miss Mesa, and. She knows everything about the garden, like every little thing you can possibly think of. She's really good at seed saving. She has like buckets of seeds that she's just collected over the years and she just keeps on collecting. But yeah, like normally it would be during the school year that um, kids can go and roam in the garden, learn about different types of vegetables and fruits and soil and and she does a lot of like, uh, like monarch, like, I don't know what you would call it, but just raising caterpillars and having them turn into monarch butterflies. She's really good at that. Right but the, the kids love her, you know, they really look forward to being in the garden and being out in nature, especially like away from school is just very liberating for like elementary kids. Mm-hmm. It's sad that we can't have them do that this year but you know hopefully soon we can open up again so we have our healing movement in richmond high richmond high school and what they essentially do well what they were doing before you know COVID hit was uh just teaching high schoolers 
all the healing properties of herbs, you know, showing them what each herb is good for and how to create essential oils and salves and different kinds of soaps. And it's really, it's really inspiring that we can do this for, especially like a school like Richmond High. You know, I think healing is, a, is really important for Richmond High Schoolers. And then um, also shout out to Girls Garage for in Berkeley for building, they finished building our new chicken coop. So now we have, we're able to have like a area for, spacious area for our chickens to lay their eggs and roam around freely. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, you, I wish people could see it. It's really like advanced. Like, I think there's like a door that opens up automatically and it just, it looks really nice. You can see, you can see more of it on our Instagram at Urban Till or Facebook, just search up Urban Tilt, that's T-I-L-T-H. And we usually just, uh, we usually update it like every day. So, you know, there's always something happening on the farm. Sweet. And speaking of seed saving, uh, you all collaborate with so many different, uh, I guess you could call it like small organizations across mm -hmm. the Richmond and the East Bay. I could think of like one, like the seed saving library that you just mentioned, like the seed saving people. Mm -hmm. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about, about the those that you collaborate with? Yeah, so for the seed saving library, we collaborated with Richmond Grows. Uh, they're a local business, or I don't, I don't know if they're a nonprofit, but they're, they helped us with creating these little areas where people can stop by and pick up a little, uh, like, just seeds, you know, and a pamphlet, everything you need to know about seed saving. There's one at our 16, is it 6 in Ohio? Yeah, 6 in Ohio location, the garden. So if you're walking through the Greenway Trail, you'll probably see it. And then there's one at our main farm in North Richmond um, on 323 Brookside Drive. And if you just drive by, it's right there. Um, it explains everything, has all the literature. So if you ever wanted to just stock up on seeds, you know, just in case, yeah, anybody can come on by and pick some up and pick up some literature. So I'm sure you like, we've been talking about you seeing uptick in gardening. We're seeing people go kind of back to the land with uh this uh, crisis that we're living in right now. Uh, we saw like a lot of people in like the 1940s build victory gardens and people want to grow their own food. Like you mentioned in the beginning, like with no pesticides and organic, what should people be doing right now if they want to start their own starter garden? Like if they don't know anything about gardening, what should they do? Well, I guess my personal advice would be just really being self-aware and asking yourself why is it that you want to grow because I think it really depends on everybody individually like there's going to be different barriers there's going to be different disciplines and routines that are kind of getting in the way of people starting their own garden but I would say just figure out what you really like to eat <laughs> um, you know there's veg we're eating vegetables all the time and people think like especially like meat eaters. They're like, oh, I love meat. All I eat is meat. And they don't really see like, oh, like gardening as like super important in their life, but they're eating tacos with onions and cilantro, you know? So I'd say if that's, 
your go-to food, then start with cilantro and onions. But yeah, like as far as learning, I would say social media is really good. I try to share as much as I can on Instagram, the different pages that are really good at educating uh, folks on how to start their garden. And like the thing that we're always careful about too is accessibility. So we acknowledge that not everyone has the means and resources or even the home to, you know, start their own garden. So we try to be considerate of that. Yeah, I mean, I would say go volunteer, but you know, that's kind of harder to come by. We do have like uh, volunteer, not like events, but just more, if you want to volunteer, you can just email, email us on like, our, uh, like using our website, you can email info at urbantilt.org. We have volunteer days on Tuesdays and Thursdays for the Greenway. But yeah, like you really gotta be in the field in order to learn. I don't think it's something you can, you can YouTube it as much as you want. You know, you can learn about the nutrients of the soil and what kind of nutrients it needs, but eventually you're gonna have to get out and actually do it, you know? So I think it's really important uh, to get like people's perspectives and and different perspectives, not just one person. Yeah, that's why I've been noticing. Uh, I follow you guys on Instagram, and I've been noticing a lot of your posts, a lot of volunteers coming in, like you said on on those different days, and on even on on the weekends too. Everyone wearing masks, mm-hmm. but also like people weeding. And mm-hmm. one thing I didn't know recently was that I learned from one of your posts was milkweed. That that's pretty important for. Uh, caterpillars that's that's great yeah yeah I learned a lot from my coworkers. they like I'm not like an expert in the garden but I definitely try to absorb as much as I can in order to spark that interest in people because uh, food justice and growing our own food by our own people is really important to us here at Urban Till as many people as we can touch when it comes to wanting to grow it by ourselves is is like really impactful for us so can you also tell me a little bit about i saw in one of your posts that you were you guys also give away uh, vegetables from your garden can you tell us about that and like what locations if people need fresh produce yeah so because once the covid hit we had to shut down our farm stands and a lot of public outings like that but we recently started our free farm stand in North Richmond on Fred Jackson Way and Chesley Avenue uh, near the church and near the the community heritage departments. Yeah, anything we have left over at the farm, uh, we end up giving it away to the community. That's on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. And that's, that's only if we have any leftovers. Sometimes we like have to give it out, but Usually we have some leftovers. Uh, this past Thursday, we're giving out potatoes, tomatoes, uh, lemon cucumbers. Yes. Oh, and, and uh, flower seeds too. And trying to get people to fill out the census. So we're trying to kill two birds with one stone in that sense. So we've been speaking to Marco Lemus. He's the communications associate at Urban Tilf in Richmond. And speaking of farms and vegetables we we sometimes forget when we go to the market that there is a season 
for vegetables and plants like tomatoes and basil there's like a natural season for all that could you tell our listeners what they should be planting for the fall if they do let's say want to start a small starter garden yeah so i'd say right now what people should be planting beets um onions collards broccoli kale cauliflower uh, lettuce potatoes so yeah i think potatoes are a big one i think greens usually are pretty good to grow all year round um you just gotta make sure they're watered but they're pretty pretty strong um growers so i know you've mentioned it uh you just mentioned it a couple of questions before but can you tell me where our listeners could find out more information about urban tilth and how they could help yeah, you can find us on our website, urbantilth.org. Tilth is spelled T-I-L-T-H. Or you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Urban Tilth. And then on Facebook, you just do a search Urban Tilth. We'll be the first one to pop up because very few people have Tilth in their name. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you, Marco, for being on the show with me tonight and talking to me about all the amazing work you're your organization does urban health with the community here in Richmond and beyond. Thank you, Brenda, for having me and reaching out and giving us some spotlight so that more people can hear about our work. You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. If you'd like to stay up on our news, like us on Facebook at La Raza Chronicles on Facebook. If you want to hear this program or share it with a friend, you can go to soundcloud.com slash La Raza Chronicles and share it. If you have any ideas for interviews we should be doing or would like to get involved with our collective, you can email us at La Raza Chronicles at kpfa.org. Muchísimas gracias y buenas noches. Muchísimas gracias.